Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome again to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Hello, hello, shalom. And we are studying the Torah portion, Bamidvar. We are leaving Leviticus. Uh, some of us are happy, some of us are still weeping, and we are entering the wilderness. Uh, Bamidvar means in the wilderness. It is the book of Numbers. The first Torah portion uh, in the book of Numbers has the name of, the, or the Hebrew name of the book of Numbers, which is Bamidvar, meaning again, in the wilderness. Uh, you can find this in uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 4. In verse 20. All right, Numbers, Journey to God's Restland. Just a little few highlights from Jensen's Old Testament survey book here. Uh, three key words found in the book of Numbers. Now, once again, everybody, think about this. You've learned about the teachings and instructions, the priesthood, the tabernacle, uh, the ceremonial laws, the uh, the do's and don'ts, you know, we got we got the commandments of God here. And, and so we're going to get to practice them in the book of Numbers. And we know that our forefathers didn't do real well with that. So we are the next generation to be successful. So three key words found in the book of Numbers. It's service, war, and wilderness. Boy, isn't that exciting. Service, war, and wilderness. Uh, just a little reminder, we can break this uh particular book up into three parts as far as uh, time goes and events. Uh, Chapters 1 through 9 is at Sinai. It's the preparation for the journey. Once again, it's uh, chapters 1 through 9 is at Sinai, preparation for the journey. Uh, We go into chapter 10, verse 11 through uh, chapter 21, verse 4. We have to Moab, going to Moab, and this is about the journey. Remember, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Once again, Numbers chapter 10, verse 11 through chapter 21 and verse 4. Last but not least, this is where it gets to be very, very critical. We have uh, chapter 22 and verse 2 all the way through the end of the book, chapter 36. Uh, This is at Moab, on the plains of Moab, along the banks of the Jordan River, Ryan. And this is at the gate to the land. At the gate to the land. Now, this only takes place a few months. Now, the journey was about 39 years. So think about that. So in the middle part, there's 39 years, but towards the tail end there, it intensifies. It only takes a few months to be at the gate to the land, Ryan. Think about this. So two things really stand out. Uh, The occult and sexual immorality, as you look at the the gate to the land, and today, Ryan, we see in our culture a lot of the occult and sexual immorality. Uh, Would like to read to you uh, a certain verse. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to give you an interesting reference uh, as an introduction here, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church in regards to the book of Numbers, you know, um, and five tests that Israel will face in the future. We can find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. Once again, five tests that Israel will face in the future. I know a lot of you listening to this podcast know that you're grafted in, uh, whether Judah or Ephraim, but but here, here it is. Uh, test number one, lusting after evil things. This took place in the book of Numbers. Number two, idolatry. Number three, uh, fornication. This is the Greek word porneo. This is where we get the word porno, like pornography. Boy, if that's not rampant today online. Uh, Number four is to tempt the Lord or try the Lord. 
And number five is the one we all have to watch out for, murmuring in regard to complaining and grumbling. So once again, these are the five tests that Israel will face in the future. And I'm going to read to you uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 in the Amplified. So turn up your stereo. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, Amplified. This is incredible. This is like the answers to the test, everyone. And, and, and if, you, if you're going to try to tell me that this is not relevant or this isn't happening, you need to wake up. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 in the Amplified. Now these things befell them by way of a figure as an example and warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We in whose days the ages have reached their climax their consummation and concluding, period. Wow. Basically what Paul was saying is that in the last days, Israel is going to face these five tests that their forefathers faced. Mm. So we need to face it, Ryan, and we need to come out We need to come out swinging. We sure do. We really do. So here's Bamidbar, everyone. Thought you would like that little introduction. It's very relevant, very important. I can't stress it enough. Uh, we're in Numbers chapter 1, verse 1, all the, all the way through chapter 4, verse 20. Uh, once again, uh, what day or month and year uh, begins the book of Numbers? So the book of Numbers begins on the first day in the second month in the second year. So they've been there for a whole year now, and they've gone through uh, Pesach for in that, that second year, and now they're into the first day in right. the first uh, So the once again, month. chapters 1 through 9 is the preparation for the journey at Sinai. This took place within only a few weeks. Now, when the Lord commanded Moses to take a census of the congregation, was everyone counted in this census? No, they weren't. No, they were not. We're going to talk about that. Uh, who was counted in the census? Uh, um, it's going to be every male that was 20 years of age and up, and you can find that in Numbers uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Very good. Now, Ryan, list the 12 tribes that were counted in the census, all 12. All right, here we go. We got uh, Reuben, Simeon, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Benjamin, Dan, Asher, Gad, and Naphtali. Quite a bit of a family there. Once again, you got even Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin that are all related. Very they, interesting. They are. So you, so you take out Joseph and you plug in Ephraim and Manasseh as two separate tribes and you minus out Levi as, uh, as the tribe that's actually That's right. Doing we're going tribal, folks. We're going tribal. Now, were leaders picked to represent each tribe? Uh, yes, absolutely. You know what? I love Ryan. In, in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith movement, what we need more than anything are pastors. We need pastors and we need communities that are strong and vibrant, no matter how small or how big you are, well, we need so that good... we can come together. Because it says, it actually says, I will raise up shepherds after my own heart. Exactly. We need good, sane leaders. Good, sane leaders. Yes. Common sense is a requirement, folks. So so think about it, everybody. Exciting things are happening. I was reminded of, of Yeshua looking out over the people, and he said, you know, I feel sorry for them, for they have no shepherd. Oof. You know, the shepherd takes care of the sheep. And, uh, and that's my prayer, you know, that uh, God's going to raise up shepherds. Uh, what tribe had the most men? Judah. Very good. Judah had the most men. What tribe had the least men? Uh, Manasseh. Manasseh. And uh, in Numbers 146, Ryan, uh, what was the total number of men counted from all of the tribes? Once again, this is 20 and up. Uh, what was the total count? This is all tribes, and it's 603,550 men from the 12 tribes. 603,550 able men, 20 
years of age and up. Okay, uh, looking at the census now. So what tribe was not counted? Numbers 147. Uh, Levi or Levi. Levi was not counted. Now, Levi's the, the priesthood, um, and they're not counted because they don't get an inheritance. We're right. counting the ones that have an inheritance. Now we're going to get into some really interesting things as we look over the census, and now we're going to get into the responsibilities of the Levites uh, in regard to the encampments and everything. Uh, question number 10 is, what were the Levites in charge of in their appointment, Numbers 150? Uh, the Tabernacle of Testimony. So they're in charge of the Tabernacle and, and all the operations. The Tabernacle of Testimony. And uh, now we're going to look at some encampments here. What three tribes camped on the east side of the Tabernacle? Uh, Numbers chapter 2, verses 3 through 9. East side of the Tabernacle, who were they? It's going to be Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun on the east side. On the east side. That's the entrance to the Tabernacle. Right. You're going to have Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what three tribes camped on the south side of the tabernacle? Numbers chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. Reuben, Simeon, and Gad on the south side. On the south side, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. Okay. Uh, what three tribes camped on the west side of the tabernacle? Uh, Numbers chapter 2, verses 18 through 24. What are those three on the west side? West side. It's going to be Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin on the west side. Isn't that interesting, Ryan? You know, um, there's a reference in, in, the, in the prophecies that uh, God will summon, you know, Ephraim from the west. They'll come trembling back from the west. So very, very interesting. Camped out in the west. It is. And, this and located is, in the west. And this is the furthest from the entrance as well. It really is. So think about that, Ryan. That's really cool. I wish I had that reference, but we'll go there later. It says that Ephraim will come back trembling from the west. You can find that later. And that is what's happening now, folks. You know, when God is calling us, even now I feel uh, the fear of the Lord, you know, that as he's calling us, you know, you can just, you can feel it. Uh, well, last but not least, what three tribes camped on the north side of the tabernacle? Uh, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Dan, Asher, and Naphtali, Numbers chapter 2, verses 25 through 31. And uh, I'm going to have uh, Ryan read because uh, you're going to have little markers in each encampment. You know, it's kind of like when you uh, when you go to a theme park, you know, what, what parking lot did you park in? What section? You know, they have like Goofy, Mickey, you know, so you can find your car. Well, this is in reference to the standard of each tribe uh, that you would fall under. And Ryan's going to, of course, read that. We could totally do that. We could Numbers 234. Put, yeah, we could totally do that in our park. You know, if lot. we had like a biblical theme park, you're like, hey, I parked in Issachar. Yeah. <laughs> so let's I mean, read Issachar that verse. 25. Numbers 234 in regards to the standard. All right. It says, And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they pitched by their standards. And so they set forward every one after their families, according to the house of their fathers. Wow. You know, we are so blessed to have banners of each tribe in our congregation. And uh, Linda Carter had made some incredible banners, uh, standards, in fact, for the tribes. And so as you come into our sanctuary, you're going to see standards. And uh, you're going to see the, the banners up. And so the only one we have left to do is Manasseh. Or, yeah, and that's going to be really good. So once again, here's the standard. Uh, what are the names of Aaron's four sons? Numbers 3-2. Uh, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. There they are. Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, Ithamar. Now out of those four sons, which two died because they offered strange fire? Numbers chapter 3, verse 4. This is Nadab and Abihu. Once again, those are the two that offered up strange fire. It's believed that they uh, 
did not get the fire from the altar, but offered up strange fire. Uh, they were also guilty of being intoxicated while serving in the tabernacle. And you'll see a reference to don't drink wine or strong drink when you are serving in the tabernacle. Uh, it's not good to have a few, uh, a few drinks and then you go into the pulpit. You know what I mean? You just, that's just not going to work. Uh, nope. And that's one of the things that happened. You know, we can go back and let scripture interpret scripture, but these are some of the things that they did not do accordingly. So, uh, did the Levites belong to the Lord? Numbers three twelve. Yes, they did. So the inheritance for the Levites was the Lord. Was the Lord. Yep. So, you know, when, when someone says, Hey, what's your inheritance? And you say, it's the Lord. Uh, if you were a Levite, I think that's incredible. That is awesome. Uh, it's all encompassing. So as we move forward from the Levites belonging to the Lord, uh, Numbers chapter 3, verse 13, did the firstborn of every man and beast belong to the Lord? They did, yes. So why did the Lord take the firstborn of Egypt? Uh, because the firstborn belongs to him. See, now you can argue that all you want, but he did it. Yeah. He says that it's mine. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I'm going to take them. And what did he do? He took them. So if you are a, a firstborn listening to this podcast, you need to tighten up. You need to straighten up. This is a word for you. I'm a firstborn. And let me tell you something. The responsibility on the firstborn is incredible. It's important that you carry the family name, you carry the morals and values, and you carry the mandate that God puts on your heart. You know, and if, and if it doesn't go to the firstborn, it's going to trickle down to even the youngest. And we see examples of even Moses and King David were the youngest that God used for his purposes. So I'm the keep youngest. that in mind. I'm the there youngest. you go. Just, see, just so there's no hierarchy here. The firstborn is not more special. They just have more responsibility. So it, it makes the family a lot better when the firstborn is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Come on, somebody. All right. I had to get that in there at least once. Now, here we go. What was the age limit when numbering the tribe of Levi? Numbers 315. Uh, it's going to be a month old and upward. So once again, they were not counted for the census, but now they're going to be counted uh, for the Lord. They're going to be counted uh, as their own uh, group of people. Yeah, here. separate portion for the Lord. Uh, this gets to be very exciting in this family. Uh, who were the three sons of Levi in Numbers 317? This is Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So we call them the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merarites. Pretty cool, huh? It is. So now, what about these responsibilities for these three groups of, uh, of sons of Levi? Here we go. Uh, Numbers 323, uh, where were the Gershonites located around the tabernacle? On the west side. Over westward. Keeping uh, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin right. in mind. Right, encamped with Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. Keep that in mind, everyone, especially when we're sharing about the history of Beit Oh, and by the way, you know, we're not bragging on ourselves, but we are celebrating 20 years. How many of you know that when you've had a congregation for 20 years, you've planted some seeds, Ryan? I would say. We have planted some seeds, you know, and it's interesting. They have this book out about the state of Israel celebrating 70 years. and They have the before and after pictures, you know. Hey, look at this picture before and look at this picture after. And you can see like little seedlings, little saplings, little trees. And then they're like big oaks and stuff, you know, along the roads and stuff. It's amazing uh, that over a period of time, I believe... Uh, as a matter of fact, oh, well, thank you, Holy Spirit. That'll be good. Uh, September 21st of this year, 2018, uh, we had we have actually been here five years in our new sanctuary, fulfilling the vision that God gave us to build a strong community, raise up the next generation. And that is the coolest thing because it talks about it in, even in Leviticus towards the closing there that after five years, you get to eat the fruit thereof. You That's can right. eat the fruit. So I'm expecting a big fruit salad in the fall, September 21st. Uh, going back to being camped out westward, uh, we got a fry, Manasseh, and Benjamin. I'm going to have Ryan uh, share with us 
Seven things that the Gershonites were responsible for in Numbers 3, uh, 25 and 26. All right, here we go. So it was uh, the tabernacle, the tent, the covering, uh, the hanging for the door of the tabernacle, the hangings of the court, the curtain for the door, and the cords. You know, this is quite fascinating. Um, one day we were going over the Torah portions, and I was just thinking about this. For those of you that are listening to this podcast that have uh, been with us for some time now, we are really heavily into tapestry. Uh, we have all kinds of cloth and drapings and hangings. You can see it in our in our storehouse. We have a big different colors of fabric to, to divide the room up for one one side for a classroom, the other side for, for props and stuff. And of course, we have this big card on wheels. It's like one story tall with all of this fabric on it that you can just spindle off like you're at Joanne, you know, or, or Michael's. So the thing is, uh, that comes to my mind because even in our conferences, when you watch the DVDs, you're going to see a lot of tapestry or cloth and, 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 and decor in that manner. So I, found, I, fa- I find it interesting, Ryan, that we were drawn to this kind of art artistry or, or, you know, decor. Uh, even in our uh, fellowship hall, when we were in there, we had, uh, I call them uh, window treatments uh, made from tapestry and things. And, and even, you know, the, the big curtain to separate the, the marketplace when it used to be in the corner of the fellowship hall. Just fascinating things uh, just to bring to mind. So that was the responsibility of the Gershonites. And um, uh, where were the Kohathites located around the tabernacle, Numbers 329? On the south side. All right, we've covered the west side with the Gershonites. Now we're on the south side. And it's ain't the south side of Chicago, you know. Yeah, which they're um, caring for Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. And yep. so uh, were the Kohathites in charge of all the furniture in the tabernacle? Numbers chapter 3, verse 31. Yes, they had uh, orange oil and, you know. They were actually, uh, yeah, in charge Mur- of the... Murphy's. Uh, oh, yeah, they were in charge <laughs> of the furniture. And uh, that's important. So that's the west side, the Gershonites, the Kohathites are southward. And, uh, of course, now we're going to go into the... Uh, the Merorites, uh, uh, where were the sons of Merari located around the tabernacle? Numbers chapter 3, verse 35. So they're uh, encamped on the north side uh, in between the tabernacle and then the tribes of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Okay, and I'm going to have, Ryan's going to read about Merari's uh, responsibilities. In Numbers chapter 3, verses 36 and 37, what was their responsibility? Because we know the Gershonites had the tapestry or the the uh, you know the hanging of the door for the tabernacle, the coverings, the tent, uh, the hangings of the court, the curtain for the door, and the cords. Uh, and we know that the Kohathites had the furniture, all six pieces. So now what about the uh, Merorites? And so here in verse 36 of, of chapter 3, it says, And under the custody and charge of the sons of Merari shall be the boards of the tabernacle and the bars thereof and the pillars thereof and the sockets thereof and all the vessels thereof, and all that serveth thereto, and the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pens, and their cords. Wow, what a responsibility. Notice all these responsibilities. You know, uh, actually, um, I know that uh, there's a reference that um, he says that the children of Israel are his servants. You are my servants. That's right. So the, the, the cool thing, Ryan, is that God is going to speak to his servants in what to do. And we can practice serving all day long, and, and that's really what we want to see. Uh, looking at Numbers chapter 3, verse 38, uh, where were Moses, Aaron, and his sons located around the tabernacle? 
Uh, so Moses, Aaron, and his sons were going to be on the east side near the entrance um, in between the tabernacle and the tribe of Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Very good. So once again, there's only one way in and one way out to the tabernacle. That's right. So as deep as you want to go in that tabernacle, uh, just remember, you have to pass by everybody else on your way out. That's right. And that's about, you know, dealing with strangers or, you know, the body of Christ. You know, we, we're all at different places. And uh, we need to respect that, amen? We truly, truly need to respect that. We need to get back to respect and honor. Uh, here we go. Uh, Numbers chapter 3, verse 39. How many men from the tribe of Levi were numbered from a month old and upward? Uh, 22,000. So 22,000 were numbered from a month old and upward among Levi. 22,000. Now here we go. What was the count of all the firstborn males from a month old and upward from the 12 tribes? So this is first, Numbers chapter 3, verse 43. Yep, so firstborn was 22,273. Once again, why is he stressing the firstborn, Ryan? Because, because it's important. It belongs to him. You know, uh, it's interesting because, uh, as those of you who are listening to this podcast know, uh, I'm a firstborn, my wife's a firstborn, and uh, we kind of butt heads a little bit, but, but the, the cool thing is, the praise report is, uh, in the, this fall, Pastor Tifa and uh, Timothy Colba will be joining Beit Tehillah of Brandon uh, as, uh, as, you know, as leaders uh, coming into our fold. Uh, and Pastor Tika, of course, she is the, the great matriarch. Uh, she's the firstborn. She's a go-getter. Amen. And she taught me everything I know in serving and all of that. And so there's going to be a neat dynamic that's going to be happening um, this fall. So I just uh, want to encourage all of you to tune in. And stay tuned because it's going to be incredible. So what was the difference in the count between the Levites and the 12 tribes? Numbers 346. So uh, 273. The difference was only 273, okay, uh, between the firstborn of all the tribes and the tribe of Levi firstborn. Um, There's the men from a month old and up. So all men, a month old and up, was 22,000 among Levi. Gotcha. And then firstborn males from all the from tribes. all the tribes yeah. was twenty two thousand two. Very interesting. Once again, the firstborn's important. They got responsibilities. Yep. Uh, in Numbers three forty six, were they to be redeemed? Oh yeah. So the firstborns always had to be redeemed. Firstborn males always had to be redeemed. Amen. I remember when I got born again in March of ninety two. Boy, I was redeemed. Here we go. We're going to get into Numbers three forty seven. What was the price per person? Five shekels. Five shekels. Wow, you put a value on the census. You're putting a value on something now. You know, a monetary value on what God is wanting to do. Uh, and Numbers 350, what did the redemption money total in shekels that Moses gave to Aaron and his sons? Uh, 1,365 shekels. So th these five shekels were collected. Listen, everybody. Oh, I just got a nugget. I just got a revelation. These shekels were collected from the firstborn. See, the firstborn should be giving, setting the example, and that is the cool thing. Well, it's those. Two, it's the difference. It's the two hundred and seventy-three times five shekels. Oh, that's interesting. Two hundred seventy-three times five. Yeah, for five shekels. So once again, just think about that, everybody. Set set the precedent. Um, I'm going to have Ryan is going to read Numbers chapter four, verse three. All right, so here it says, uh, From 30 years old and upward, even until 50 years old, all that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. You know, what's really sad, Ryan, is if you look back on, on the Levitical priesthood, you know, it was their responsibility to assist and help uh, anybody that had a problem or needed, needed help. Uh, and today the clergy get a bad rap. You know, the Levites were there to teach 
the Torah to the people and, and guide them and lead them and, and ceremonial things. And uh, they were even dermatologists. If you had something wrong with your skin, you went to the Levite, you went to the priest. And so now it's like the table's you know, turned on us if you're in clergy and you're looked down upon and the last person people would go to. But it's interesting, you know, people would rather go to a medicine cabinet and pop pills or drink their way through their problems instead of actually going to see a, a man or, or woman of God and getting prayed for yeah. uh, in that sense. And that's the, that's the sad thing, you know. A, a shepherd is one that should be able to help anyone at any time. And it's something to consider. Uh, another thing I want to remind everyone, I do not have the references, but but I, I'm assured of them. Um, so at 30, you would begin serving and doing all these things. Uh, and so what's interesting is the fact that if you go back and look at what David did and making the division of the priests and everything, he dropped the age to 25. So I believe he did that because there was such a need, Ryan, for priests and so many people. You couldn't wait to be 30, you know. And so it went from 30 to 25, and then it actually went down to 20. When you were 20 years old, you could be a priest and serve. Or, or think about the 10 years from 20 to 30, how many people might disqualify themselves. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because if you go back to the law first mentioned, Ryan, how old was Yeshua when he started his ministry? 30. He was 30, see? It wasn't 25, it wasn't 20. So if you go back to the law first mentioned, that is the original, original message. Oh, and by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me throw this in there. In reference to the shofar blowing, law first mentioned, Exodus 19. When God married the children of Israel, Ryan, God blew the shofar over that marriage covenant. That's right. Over the people. And that's what we're getting ready to do this weekend. We are going to blow the shofar. We're going to celebrate the Torah and the giving of the Holy Spirit, Acts 19, Acts 2. It all ties in together. Uh, here at Beit Tehila, if you're 12 and up, we get our young people involved. They're in media. They're even in child care, uh, both male and female, boys and girls. So when, when, when they turn 12 years old, you'll, you'll see a 12-year-old behind a camera or working in, in, with the children's ministry uh, because we, we need that help. We, we need to, to raise up the next generation and build a strong community. We're going to move into uh, the covering of the furniture while they're transporting it. Uh, question number 36 in Numbers 4-6. What color was the cloth that covered the ark when transported? It was blue. And what, what else was covered in blue cloth? Uh, the table of showbread in uh, Numbers 4-7. All right. So once again, the ark was covered with blue when it was transported, and also the table of showbread. Uh, blue signifies what? The kingdom of God or heaven? Right, uh, which is which is really really, really cool, and uh, very interesting. This is all once again. These are all instructions to do it right. Uh, you couldn't pick any color. This is what was asked of 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 them to do. Numbers four eight. What color was the second cloth that went over the dishes, spoons, bowls, and covers located on top of the table of showbread? Scarlet. Scarlet. So now it's red. So all these utensils were covered with a red cloth. Red signifies redemption or right. the blood of Yeshua or the sacrifice, you know. Uh, moving on here, this is very interesting. What color was the cloth that covered the menorah in Numbers 4-9? It was blue. And, it was blue. And so was the uh, cloth that covered the golden altar. Oh, yeah. The altar of incense was covered in blue, Numbers 4-11. So think, that. think about that. This is interesting. Um, numbers 4-13... What color was the cloth that covered the altar? Uh, for the altar, it was purple. So all the utensils had a red cloth over it, and the cloth that covered the altar was purple. Hmm. What color was Yeshua's robe? Does it give a color? Purple? It might be. 
I mean, it was scarlet or purple. I thought it was a purple robe. It might have been. So here he is, you know, saying, hey, you know, I'm the altar. I'm the covering. Very interesting. Hmm. Uh, we'll have to look into that. Um, we will have to look into that. Yeah. So, matter of fact, why don't you look into it right now? I might. I might. Yeah, I might go Let's at, do that so I we don't edit. That up. <laughs> and while he's looking that up, I'm going to read the next verse. Numbers chapter 4, verse 15. This is what it says. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary, as the camp is to set forward after that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. Numbers 4.15. Very strict code to transportation to transporting the furniture, covering it, and of course, not touching any holy thing uh, as it's covered. Uh, we're looking at uh, Numbers chapter 4, verse 16, in reference to what was the fivefold work of the high priest? Well, number one, uh, oil for the light. Make sure the uh, oil in the menorah, the uh, olive oil. We have sweet incense. We have a daily meat offering. Uh, anointing oil, and the oversight of all the tabernacle. Once these five things are the oil for the light, number one, number two, sweet incense, number three, daily meat offering, number four, anointing oil, number five, oversight of all the tabernacle. So in reference to this particular question in Numbers 4.16, the high priest could go anywhere he wants in the tabernacle. He's like the general manager. He right. goes in there, goes to all the departments, and he makes sure that things run well. And that's what I do. You know, some people might take me the wrong way, but that's what I do. I go throughout the camp and I find things and I try to fix things, you know. And so in, in conclusion here, Numbers 420, uh, what would happen to the Kohathites if they looked upon the holy things while they were covering them? They would die. Wow, they would die. That's so I have a, I have strict. some uh, some interesting uh, answer to our, our question here about the scarlet or purple robe. Uh, and would you uh, believe it that the uh, robe was scarlet and purple? That in Matthew twenty-seven twenty-eight it says, and they striped him, stripped him, and put on him a scarlet robe. Wow! And then in John nineteen two it says, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. And so apparently this is some sort of wow. a biblical contradiction. Good job, Ryan. Now call me crazy. That's good. Call me crazy, but that was I, good. I happen to feel like, you know, is there really that big of a difference between purple and scarlet? Clearly men wrote the Bible. They can't tell the difference between purple and scarlet. One man looks at one color and says it's purple. The other man looks at it and says it's scarlet. You know, it's, it's, it's a viewpoint, but I tell you what, I just I knew there was a purple robe in there. Oh, there definitely is. You know, uh, and so once again, uh, these are exciting times, everyone. Listen, if you are grafted into the olive tree, whether a natural branch or a wild branch, okay, whether whether you are uh, either or Jew or Gentile, this is a warning. We are in the counting of the Omer, and uh, we know that there are some cautionary times throughout the biblical calendar year. And uh, the next cautionary tale after the counting of the Omer, which is yellow, which is caution, uh, is the simple fact that we're going to go into, of course, Tammu 17 in the Golden Calf incident. A little trouble there in the past, and we want to be alert, be vigilant, be sober. We want you to have oil in your lamps. Amen. All right. So 
numbers uh the our Bamidbar, i should say the the first tour portion in numbers is in the bag and we are still in the season of the omer so we're going to count the omer very quickly before we conclude and today is the 44th day which is six weeks and what two days of the counting of the omer uh, and so we are going to go ahead and say the blessing in Hebrew. It is Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Kidshenu Bamitzvatav Vitivanu Al Sifarat Ha Omer. And in English, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and commands us to count the Omer. Amen. All right. So, uh, awesome tour portion this week as we get into the book of Numbers. Uh, you know, so far we've heard a, a lot of things that we're supposed to be doing, and uh, we're going to get an idea on the first group of people who received these instructions. How did they do with it? How did they do with the instructions that God gave them? And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a little hint into what's going to happen. Uh, they did probably about as good as we did. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse in some cases. So, uh, but bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is uh, obviously a great week. We're going into the Feast of Pentecost uh, or Shavuot uh, before we see you next time. So uh, happy Shavuot. Chach Sameach. If we don't hear from you again uh, before then, uh, if you want to reach out, you can get me at ryan at topraise.net. That email will go to both me and Pastor Nick. Uh, and then also you can reach out to us uh, on the web through our contact us at topraise.net. You can also catch our services uh, live at 11 o'clock on uh, Saturdays. And then uh, if you want to call the office because you need something, resources, whatever, the number is 813-654-2222. Love you guys. God bless. Have a great week.